Welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. With all the talk about velocity uh, in the major leagues from pitchers today, with pitchers throwing over 100 miles an hour regularly, uh, it's interesting that currently there are zero knuckleballers that are pitching in the major leagues. Although, uh, Nikki Janis uh, of the Orioles, uh, for a short while, uh, came up at age 33 and pitched uh, three innings for the Orioles and got his butt kicked. But at age 33, he got to pitch in the major leagues. Yeah, a short while, I think he's being a little generous. He pitched in one game. <laughs> Um, but you know the thing that about it is that you, 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 the thirty-two knuckleballers and, and, and Wikipedia had a list of thirty-two knuckleballers all time in Major League history. Now this isn't your third baseman who goes into the game in you know the eighth inning down seventeen to nothing and fools around with a knuckleball because he doesn't know how to pitch. This is people that actually were pitchers that tried to throw a knuckleball. Mm-hmm. And and it's not surprising. I think what's just more interesting is you've got this general like thread line of them that like you've had a knuckleballer active in the major leagues pretty much since the beginning of modern baseball but there's only ever like one or two of them yeah yeah and and that's true and and even like like i said right now i don't think there's been a knuckleballer in the major leagues stephen wright stephen wright is the last guy the last guy and then they've had a couple people been a couple years oh dickie retired i think in a couple like four years ago in 2017 yeah so I mean, there there have been some people floating around, but it's not like I mean, even in the '90s, you had a couple different guys doing it. It's definitely fallen off since then, but I'm sure there's a whole bunch of different reasons for that. So um, I I I think I've mentioned that when I tried to play baseball one time in the main senior baseball league a, a long time ago, I, I attempted to be a pitcher and I really didn't have very much, and I tried to throw a knuckleball. But what's most embarrassing about my terrible pitching, what's most embarrassing is that I didn't understand how to hold the knuckleball. Okay, I thought because it was called the knuckleball, you actually threw the ball off your knuckles. So I would throw the ball off my knuckles and the guys that were batting, like it was strange to see it. So there was a little bit of surprise until they realized I couldn't do anything else. I had no fastball. So I was- The only thing that got them was just the sudden drop in velocity. What is going on with that? It's just like a bad change up. It wasn't even a good knuckleball. Right, no, didn't move no, no, and, and so you're, you're supposed to hold it off the fingertips, and, and all the knuckleball pitchers will tell you the different various pressure grips to use with the amount of fingers you might have on the knuckleball, but clearly the objective is to have a ball not spin, and mine kind of spun a little, which is you, not you, good. You're, you're basically trying to throw it, so you've got the ball in your hand, and when you're releasing, it's almost like you're pushing it. Yeah, you're definitely pushing it. But, exactly but you that. have to push it in a way that you don't cause rotation. That's the tricky part. And the other thing about knuckleball pitchers is, I, I don't know about you, but every time I watch them, it's not pretty to watch a knuckleball pitcher throw the baseball. It it, it almost looks a little unathletic to me. Uh-huh. No, they don't look like a pitcher. Because you're pushing the ball. Right. There's just this weird, especially right when they get to the end of the motion, it's like something looks off in there. And I think it's just, it's so hard to be a knuckleballer because unlike, like, like if you're an average major league pitcher, right, and you don't have your good stuff on a given day. You can kind of battle, you know, have some good location, have good pitching sequencing. 
if you're a knuckleballer and you don't have it, you already don't know where the ball is going, except now it's just going straight and they're hitting it really far. What is it saying? That nobody knows where it's going. The batter doesn't know. The pitcher doesn't know. The catcher doesn't know. The last guy, the umpire, is the last guy to know, but he gets to make the call after it happens. Right. <laughs> so it makes it a little bit easier uh, on that basis. And it made me think a little bit about umpires again going, do you think robot umpires would have an easier type? It's got to be almost ridiculously hard for an umpire to, to call a knuckleball. For a robot umpire to call a knuckleball, but I bet if you did have robot, they, they would get like you would have these crazy really, strikes, crazy strikes in yeah, yeah. balls. You would have ball like pitches that were like that looked like a strike the entire time. Right. It was a ball, and then you have ones where like somehow that was a strike. It apparently only moved into the strike zone in that like one instance, but it did it. So uh, MLB uh, a few years ago went out and, and sort of came up with what they consider the five best knuckleball pitchers, and it's a it's a pretty elite group. Um, and, and Phil Necro, Hall of Famer, recently passed, is one of those guys. Um, Charlie Huff, who's not a Hall of Famer, um, uh, but a longtime knuckleball. Again, these guys pitched until like they're 75 years old. And they both pitched a lot of games. They because like don't that, get tired throwing a knuckleball. Right, right, exactly. Like even somebody like, and that's like to see somebody that separates like Wakefield from a lot of these other guys. Is Wakefield pitched in over 500 games? Like that's you don't do that accidentally Wakefield has 200 wins he's got a bunch of say he's got an interesting career not a hall of famer but what an interesting you know you know line he's got because he's got lots of stats right or you know and then you've got also somebody like Hoyt Wilhelm now this guy actually has crazy stats well okay he doesn't have the best stats because he pitched in a thousand games only won like 143 of them so he must have been primarily a reliever because he has 227 saves right right in an era where you really weren't recording them initially and there's a a fan page the hoyt wilhelm fan page that you know very much for him being in the hall of fame um and and very because there was always some question on his ability to get into the hall of fame Mm, but i mean mostly what you see is like outside of the top level guys these guys didn't actually pitch in a lot of games, the knuckleballers. Well, Ted Lyons, uh, like, so before all of our time, I had to read up on this guy, but I've, I've seen his name a bunch, a bunch of times. Really good pitcher, Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, excellent, excellent pitcher. Um, Tim Wakefield, we talked about, and R.A. Dickey, the only pitcher, um, threw a knuckleball to win a Cy Young. And what I remember at R.A. Dickey, and he, they did that great um, knuck show a few years ago with Negro and all the guys got together and talked about it. And it's really worth watching it if you get a really, chance yeah, to do it. It is very much worth seeking but, but out. But Dickey came up as a fastball pitcher who had mm. arm problems. So the guy threw 96. He was missing like a particular nerve in his arm, if I remember. I, I think there, was, like, there was some surgery. Weird, there was definitely surgery. Some weird medical condition nobody could have known about before he was drafted. But, but he went away. Way. So, you know, he went away, but he he would occasionally throw, you know, a non-knuckleball early in his career. But by the end, I think you... Well, when he won his Cy Young, what I remember is he only threw two pitches, a, a, a fast knuckleball and a slow knuckleball. And I think occasionally he would throw like a curveball and a fastball, but that was more just to be like, you occasionally have to expect me to not just throw a knuckleball. Like maybe he didn't have one of those pitches that right, day or something. Right, 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 right. So he didn't have his his soft knuckler. He only had the hard one. And I remember Necro, watching Necro pitch a lot when I was was a kid. And, you know, he would throw a fastball every once in a while just to sort of keep the, the batter. And I, I just can't imagine being fooled as a batter with the motion of a fastball versus a knuckleball, one being pushed and the other being thrown. Wouldn't you have picked it up as the hitter? But you catch him napping yeah it's a long game it's you only throw maybe one of those you get the guy and you're like you can see in his eye he's just kind of just not totally not totally zoned in and that's when you can sneak a below average fastball by him and and what other pitch is there in baseball there isn't any right where the batter knows what's 
coming. Mariana Rivera's cutter. <laughs> okay, that's good. Good, good, good call there. But but basically, you can say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a knuckleball now. Uh, okay, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, yeah, because because no, as the saying goes, nobody knows where it's going. So, so it, it's is an advantage because if you don't know what you're doing, the batter certainly can't. You can't try and guess what location sequence he's going to be working on you because he doesn't know. <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's, of course, notable baseball quotes um, uh, from guys like Willie Stargell who said that throwing a knuckleball for a strike is like throwing a butterfly with hiccups across the street into your neighbor's mailbox. Okay? Which, <laughs> I mean, which is just, as a metaphor, just amazing. <laughs> the levels to that. Not um, only is it trying to throw a butterfly, which you can't do particularly well, but no, this butterfly has hiccups. Uh, Richie Hebner, our third baseman uh, for the Pirates and others, uh, hitting Negro's knuckleball is like eating soup with a fork. That's pretty good. And and you know what? I feel like that does a really good job of describing what it's like trying to hit a knuckleball because you swing and the ball was there and like just like the soup it just passes right underneath and the great bob Euchre, who's still uh calling games up in milwaukee uh hitting necros excuse me um the way to catch a knuckleball is to wait till it stops rolling and then pick it up <laughs> which, which is just you know basically saying you don't got a shot i mean what was it didn't veritech say something like that because yeah, yep, yep. he, he was wakefield's primary catcher uh catching the knuckleball is like trying to catch a fly with a chopstick it's sort of like karate kid stuff that is very on. like Chinese. like <laughs> yes, like that yes. is something I, I, wasn't that like the challenge in kill bill <laughs> yes it was. i'm pretty sure that was the thing that she had to do with the old master uh charlie lau who you probably don't remember but growing up he was a hitting coach out of the dodger organization who um was the proponent of the hand off the bat um releasing the, the, releasing the top hand um and you know really it, it was a, a style that a, a few other guys brought up but you know it it didn't really catch on too much a few guys used it he said there are two theories on hitting the knuckleball unfortunately neither one of them works um, and and you remember knuckleball catchers right they would have these giant gloves because you were just hoping to get glove on the ball. And so if you're on base against a knuckleballer and a guy's got a, you know, a huge glove, you felt more confident trying to steal because it took longer to get the ball out of the glove. And that is glove. interesting now that I think about it. I don't remember it being a particularly big issue for Dickey having guys steal on him, which you would think would happen more often because knuckleballs are also usually slow. Yeah. So and slow, slow to the plate, obviously, because the, the, the ball's slow. So so you have like even more advantage compared to like oh guys up there throwing ninety five. And he had a he had a pretty good move uh, to first base. So um, I'm going to quickly go down the list of people, and 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 I want you to let me know if any of these names mm-hmm. uh, mean anything to you. So these guys who just threw the knuckleball of the thirty two in their career. Career. Uh, Gene Bearden. No. Nope. Nineteen forty seven debut. Danny Boone. No. Nineteen eighty one. Jim Bouton. I want to say I've heard the name. And, and good, good, because you're a good baseball fan. Jim Bouton wrote a book called Ball Four back in the 60s about the clubhouse and the antics that going on behind that, that people didn't know about. It was one of those early tell-all books. Right. And, and he was probably more notable for his authorship than his pitching. Um, Wally Burnett? No. Nope. Uh, he pitched in the 50s. I hadn't heard of this guy either. He pitched for eight years. Uh, Tom Candiotti. Yeah, I yeah. know. Because he because he pitched when I was growing up. And he pitched a long time. Right. He uh, pitched a long time, but he was active until I was about, like, I think, like, 10-ish. How about uh, Eddie Sakote? No. Okay, so Eddie Sakote is, is a notable pitcher. And the reason is that he is um, the guy who threw the first pitch in the 1919 World Series for the Chicago White Sox. And, and the, the, the game was if he hit the first batter of the World Series, the fix was on. 
He hit the first guy in the World Series. But he was a knuckleballer. A knuckleballer. So why would you have a knuckleballer try to hit the guy? Because he can't. He doesn't know where it's going. Like, like you. Nobody would be. I guess that's a great for plausible <laughs> deniability. I, I don't know. It might be on. Um, we talked about Dickie. Yeah. Um, somebody named Ryan Fearbend. No. About Jared Fernandez? No. No, me neither. All these are Eddie Fisher. Yes. Okay, not the actor. No. Um, <laughs> the Oriole. Um, Eddie Gamboa. I don't think so. I think I heard his name, but, but not but, really. Because you know what? The Gamboa yeah, thing sounds like. other guy's name, Gamboa. Gamboa, yeah. Mickey Hafner? No. No, no. Charlie Hager? No. He pitched in 2006 to 2010, so, you know. I, but he only pitched, I think, well, how many games did he pitch in? Uh, not very many. Yeah. yeah. yeah 19 games. In okay. Years. Yeah, exactly. 19 games in four years. That's easy to miss. How about Hall of Famer Jesse Haynes? No. Yeah, me neither. 1918 to 1937. Yeah, that's why. He had pitched in 555 games, though, and had 210 wins. Pretty good. We talked about Charlie Huff. Yep. Okay, so you heard of him. Mickey Janis. We mentioned he's the guy that pitched this year. Yep. Um, Dutch Leonard. I want to say I've heard him, but only because I think you've mentioned him to me. Now, the thing I said, there's two Dutch Leonards that were both pitchers. One was right-handed. One was left-handed. One threw a knuckleball. Which one? one? Th- this is the one that threw the knuckleball. Was it the lefty or the righty? This was the righty. Okay. Um, who threw that. And the lefty Dutch Leonard was the guy that tried to get Ty Cobb um, and um, uh, Tris Speaker in trouble back for, for uh, betting on games or doing something. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm forgetting the story. So they're both notable. And they both so were that might be pitchers. why I know the name Dutch Leonard, right. even though I don't know this Dutch Leonard. Uh, Ted Lyons, we talked about the Hall of Famer, and, yep. and that's 260 wins in his career. Lou Morin. No. No, no, 1903. Joe Negro, Phil's brother. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Joe and Phil. Johnny Niggling. Nope. Okay, the guy had 184 games, but never heard of the guy, 1930. Al Papai. Nope. Nope. Bob Perky. Nope. Nope. Steve Sparks. Yes. Yes, we all we have heard of Steve Sparks. Uh, Dennis Springer. I want to say yes, yeah. just because the name. Like, he pitched 95 to 2002. Ooh. Yes, I remember this guy uh, being, and he's no relation to George. Yes. Uh, we talked about Wakefield and Wilhelm. Yeah. Uh, Roger Wolf, no. six years. Nope, never. Wilbur Wood. Maybe. Oh, God, we talked about Wilbur Wood. Right, so, right. Right, he, he won both games of a doubleheader. Right, that's why I had. He had a season record one year of 20 wins and 21 losses. That's really hard to do. I mean, it sounds on court, but you know what? For a knuckleballer, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You're just as likely to be unhittable as you are to be very hittable. Stephen Wright, not, oh, yeah. who, who is, I guess, still active, but not pitching in the major He just kind of shows up every once in a while <laughs> when the Red Sox need a, an emergency arm. They just call up Stephen Wright. And, and, and as you mentioned before, Charlie Zink pitched one game. Right. And, and but he didn't get any outs because or he gave outs because he, he he's a, got a 16 ERA <laughs> so it didn't go well any more than Mickey uh, Janice who had an 18 ERA in his three innings right so so I I think one I think you're you're likely to have a knuckleballer potentially floating around in a lot of minor league organizations because it's useful. Well, here, here's you're, you're right, and they were making this point today. Why not have more guys throw knuckleballers, at least on a staff, because you can count on that guy to throw nine innings. You don't get tired doing. Now, think about this, right? You know, now granted, I guess if he doesn't have, you got to get him right, out of there. But you could let go with him because chances are his knuckleball is not going to be any worse or better. It's just that night how it is, right? I'm more saying it from the perspective of it's useful to have a knuckleballer in your AAA organization just so that all your prospects get to expose to it. So they don't the first time they see a That's knuckleball a isn't in the major league. So you so you probably have a lot of knuckleballers floating around in the minor leagues, but it's breaking into the majors and having your knuckleball actually be effective against them. That's the really hard part. And and so we you know our last episode was on how video uh 
replay during the game can affect complete games for pitchers. And you think about using video replay to try to understand the knuckleballer. Like the only thing that could maybe give you is if on a particular night, his pitches were breaking a certain way. Like, you know what, for whatever reason, everything's dropping down and away, or it's all dropping down and in. Or, but it, it really, it's so random that you, the problem is, is that by the time you got enough data to point at any kind of reasonable pattern, it's too late. So, so it, it, there's, there's an argument to be made that, you know, and I guess it's just so hard to control the knuckleball. And, and I was Hershiser who said, it's, it's such a hard pitch to throw. Here's a guy who's, you know, uh, an actual, one of the great pitches yeah. of all time. I can't throw this pitch. It's too hard for me to throw and control and, 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 and feel comfortable with. Because the thing is, is as much as we've, you know, waxed poetically about them, nobody starts off as a knuckleballer. <laughs> you end up as a knuckleballer. Well, actually, that here's here's so you know we've not had a woman ever play professional baseball. Why couldn't a woman, a female knuckleball pitcher, probably compete? The only way, right? That's probably the only way. Just because there, you're unlikely to have a woman who is ge- able to generate the force to require to throw a pitch at the velocity you would need to throw it to be a competitive major leaguer. Maybe. Maybe one does exist out there and we're just all completely unaware, but I, I don't think so because I feel like some minor league team would take a shot on a chick throwing 95. Yeah, probably. But as, as a knuckleball, it would just have to be really good. Well, it would just have to be good. And, and you'd have to be able to throw it for strikes at a higher percentage than most knuckleballers are able to throw pitches for strikes. Right. And that's the problem that you're going to run into is that it's just it's so hard to be consistent as a knuckleballer. I'm always like, you know, I remember watching Dickie pitch when he pitched for the Mets, and 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 it's three and zero, and he like, and he gets the ball over on three and zero, and he throws a knuckleball on three and zero. I'm like, so how did he know that he could throw that knuckleball and it would go over the plate? I, I don't think he did. I think it's just the best. <laughs> I think that's just the best thing he's got. And Close your eyes and throw it. <laughs> well, I mean, would you be happier if he threw a fastball for a strike? No, exactly. no, 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 no. Better for him to walk him on the but knuckleball. He didn't walk a bunch. I think he walked like three guys no. for nine. Right, right. He wasn't a crazy walk guy, so. He, well, I remember that was part of why he liked his fast knuckleball is because it was easier for him mm, to control. Mm-hmm. He threw it harder, so it had I probably had a little bit of speed movement, like spin to it, but it would still move around. But it it was much less crazy in the amount that it moved. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know the the idea of having and they're talking about maybe limiting pitching staffs again, you know, because they think there's too many pitchers. But having a knuckleballer on your staff could prove very useful except that the batters are so good at making adjustments now that I just don't know that you'd really surprise anybody. if you've got a knuckleballer on your staff specifically to try and save arms, what happens in the games where he goes out and doesn't have it in the first inning? But the, you're, you're you're defeating his own purpose. Then I, I haven't I haven't you know read enough about knuckleballers to think that okay. So you didn't have it. What does that mean that your knuckleball was flat that day it, and it just went straight you, and it didn't the, move? You would have to do a really interesting analysis on whether or not knuckleballers were more prone to getting knocked out in the first inning right. compared to a standard pitcher, right? Or, or what what your you know and I and, and you'd have to have a knuckleballer say what your good knuckleball looked like because the idea is a good knuckleball would be it really moves a lot, but I kind of knew where it was going because I could throw it for a strike. Where it might be that it was so good I couldn't throw over a strike, but no one else could hit it. <laughs> right. The thing I imagine for most knuckleballers is on a given day, they roughly know the type of movement they're gonna get, and they're just trying to put it in roughly the right spot so that when it moves in that direction, it ends up somewhere good. 
you know, it just seems because it's a pitch that doesn't tax your arm in a day that we're starting to talk about pitchers. Maybe you know, I heard uh, Howie Rose today talking about they're they're talking about uh, Syndergaard and 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 Degrom about them maybe not throwing with max effort all the time. Go with me on this. Not throwing with max effort to be able to allow themselves to go deeper in games, um, so that not throwing full out. So Degrom would throw 100, maybe he throws 97, 98, and leaves a little bit back. And we've talked about this. Yeah. The the, the reason that guys don't is because they get slammed all over the field. The question is, is that if they could do that and and pitch without max effort and leave a little bit, wouldn't they be doing it already? Right. Like if you could cruise at 93% and leave 7% in the tank, why wouldn't you be doing that? Right, right, and and there's an argument. You already know this that you know if you didn't throw it as uh, give max effort, you probably would have a little left and all that. But you'd be doing it if you thought you know you could get away with it. I think the pitchers know if I don't go with max effort, I, I get it's so much harder. I get crushed. So they're going to try to, and maybe it's pitch mix that these guys that can throw a hundred might be able to find a way to be able to not go up there as much and use well, a mix to be able to you know, throw it fewer is, times in the game. You also have to be less macho as a pitcher. Jacob Degrom, you can't. Th- you, you, you're gonna. You want to go longer in games? You can't try and strike out every single batter. Right. I don't. I, I, that wasn't his purpose. But he started to pitch like that because he's pitching to dominate every hitter. And so when you're doing that, you're going to throw max effort because you're going to throw your fastball as hard as you can, get as much movement on that slider. Right. Right. And so, do you think there's ever been a knuckleball that thought I'm going to dominate this hitter? No. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I think I'm going to throw it up there and see if he can hit it. And, and I imagine there were games where they felt like that, where they knew my movement is so good tonight, nobody's hitting this. And I and I and I go back to, and that has to be in st- step with the fact that they had an idea they, of where it was where, going. Yeah, because like, I remember Dickey threw a couple complete game shutouts in that Cy Young season, and he was unhittable those nights. And 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 it's like, okay, I know if I do this, this is going to happen. There probably are a whole bunch of nights with your knuckleball. You get up there going, well. Headed up there. Let's see what and happens. you know what? He had an entire season where he knew where it was going. The guy won the Cy Young with a knuckleball. Well, that's that 21 is, and two or It was something uh, nutty. Incredible uh, uh, accomplishment, really, and, and him being the only one he will probably that. be the only one ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Because you're going to see less and less of them. I think you're right. I don't Hitters know. are too good. Yeah, yeah. I think their ability to adjust and understand the approach to a knuckleball. I think, I think years ago, it was, you know, just see the ball, hit the ball when it comes to the knuckleball. Try not to get fooled. I think they have a, a better mindset they about how they go about it. But unlike that quote, they have an approach now. They have an approach. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.